Hi, my name is Ian Parry and welcome to What the Future, a podcast produced by Future Leaders Mentoring. Today we're chatting with Stephen Johnson in one of our special podcast series on leaders' life stories. Hi Stephen. Hi Ian. How are you doing today, man? Yeah, very well, thanks, very well. How are you? Good, good, good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. Um, looking forward to our chat today and getting into some of these questions. Now, obviously, we, we're, we're kind of, we've been through a few leaders' life stories so far. I'm getting used to the questions, but what I'm really enjoying is the different answers I'm getting every single time. Um, so I'm looking forward to, to getting into this. And, and we know each other a little bit, but certainly not enough to to sort of for me to pre-guess or pre-judge any any of where we're going to go today so I'm, I'm really looking forward to it and I know that your experience and your approach to to work would be really helpful for people to to listen to so I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting into that so jumping straight in then Stephen so tell us who you are and what your role is today. Yep so uh, like I said Stephen Johnston uh, I live in Nottingham uh, so halfway up the UK married to jasmine who's a doctor and we've got a young son called alfie who's one nice. uh, i work for a technology company uh, called salesforce uh, so for those who don't know salesforce is a big software company uh, it's all about kind of digital transformation all about putting people at the center of it and kind of helping kind of do everything from sales service marketing all those sort of things uh, my role at salesforce is so i'm what's called a solution engineer which means it's my job to kind of talk to different companies. And for me, that's energy companies. So talk to energy companies about their problems and talk about kind of how Salesforce could help and how they can kind of leverage technology. And that could be everything from looking at kind of street lights to looking at kind of um, solar panels to big energy companies to water companies. Uh, so very, very job um gives me kind of lots of interesting things to look at, get to work with loads of different interesting companies. Uh, and it's great, I think, to be part of kind of as always, and all of them kind of think about energy transition and digital transformation. It's great to be part of that. Um, outside of work, uh, I do a lot with my local church, uh, which is great. And we kind of have lots of local projects. So uh, very involved in lots of those things as well. Cool. Um, okay. Yeah. Nice, thank you, Stephen. And, and um, to to kind of follow up, Sam, what 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 attracted you to Nottingham, um, and how did you how did you arrive at Salesforce focusing on on utilities? What what were the sort of drivers for both of those things? Great questions. So I think Nottingham. I came to Nottingham, uh, so originally from Northern Ireland, as my accent might. <laughs> you know, um, came to Nottingham for university. And loved studying in Nottingham, loved the city, and then moved away for a few years. Uh, but then came back, uh, mainly because of Jasmine, uh, yeah. who was studying here. And a lot of my friends stayed on in Nottingham. And I think it was, it was just a good place to, mm. to work. And I had good networks here. Um, yeah. That's where I kind of I stayed in Nottingham. So it was never really the intention. But that's just kind of the way, the way life worked yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, and going to Salesforce, so I um, finished university and I started working for energy companies. Um, so I initially worked for British Gas, so joined their graduate scheme and had a couple of years of moving around the country, uh, doing a variety of jobs, which was just great, kind of 
getting to spend mm. eight months working in sales part departments, then eight months working in operations and kind of seeing <clears throat> how different parts of an organization work together. So I did that for a few years. And then I left um, British Gas and I joined our competitor, uh, which was E.ON uh, at the time. So I joined E.ON, uh, which is based in Nottingham and did a variety of roles there. So I did a bit in energy pricing. I did a bit in data science, uh, ended up working in marketing and leading some of our kind of um, transformation projects there and kind of some of our systems teams. And that's where I encountered Salesforce and thought like, just, I think this technology could be really powerful. Like yeah. some of what kind of I see out of the innovation. And I think at that point I thought, well, like I just want to kind of a bigger perspective on the world. Like I've only ever worked at energy companies, big energy companies, and it would be great just to kind of um, branch out from that and kind of see the wider world and see kind of what innovation looks like. Um, and that was right at the start of the pandemic. So I, I joined the the team two weeks into the first lockdown. Oh, wow. It was um, an interesting time to transition to a new career and a new company uh, and with everything else changing at the same time. Yeah, blimey. That must have been a um, a bit of, bit of a shock as well then. Yeah, I think like doing things like, um, I guess it's a shock for everyone, but like handing over, like finishing a, a previous job yes. at the start of lockdown and like you kind of get used to leaving parties and all that sort of thing yeah. and then just was turning up an empty office <coughs> dropping off a laptop and yeah it was a very very strange experience yeah well um so i'd like to take you back a bit now then Stephen, to sort of uh, much much earlier times hopefully so talk to me about your your first memory as you were growing up what does what where does that where does that take you and and what do you remember from it yeah, so like I said, I grew up in Northern Ireland. So I, I grew up in a little coastal town uh, called Bangor. And so I think a lot of my earliest memories, so one in particular I, I kind of stands out to me, uh, which was um, when I was, I think, three and before, uh, I climbed Northern Ireland's tallest mountain. Wow. Okay. Sleep honoured, which some people said afterwards, they think it's more of a hill. But when you, when you're four, it's definitely a mountain. Absolutely, yeah. Why not? So yeah, I think I think climbing. I, I remember kind of climbing up uh, that day <coughs> with my family and yeah. people. So I think that kind of that stands out to me. Yeah, uh, and then just lots of memories of being on the beach in cold weather and going on walks and um, being in the sand and yeah. yeah. Wow. So it's a bit sad now being in Nottingham and basically. <laughs> Oh, crikey, yes. In the middle Far away of from the sea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, certainly. I can I can um I can certainly see see why that would make you feel a bit sad, actually. As nice as Nottingham is, um, you know. And so was it was it very much a, a family orientated endeavor then going up the mountain, going to the sea, being out in in the sort of uh, in, in amongst nature? Yeah, I think um yeah, like growing up by the sea, like it was quite a big part of, it was just kind of a standard thing to do, like during the weekends, if it was a nice day, or even if it was a wet day, you'd go for a walk along the seafront, um, which is kind of a, a normal thing to do. Um, and then I think, yeah, um, yeah, my, my family, we did go on walks and things and friends came with us as well. And yeah. like growing up, I would have every so often gone camping uh, in the Moor Mountains and 
um yeah so yeah definitely parts of kind of i look very fondly upon those times mm. yeah and, and is there anything looking back now and, and trying to remember these memories that you kind of um really print on how you do things today that that your sort of family life taught you back then that you just kind of that's just normal for you now and that's just how you learned to, to live your life good question um I think one of the things which I guess we're kind of um, thinking through at the moment is so growing up kind of um, my family knew everyone like it's quite everyone everything's quite close-knit so your parents know your friends parents and all your aunts and uncles are around and everyone's kind of very much in and out, out of each other's houses yeah. which is part of daily life people would drop in for a cup of tea and then being now um, away from away from my family being in Nottingham and yeah. kind of thinking through now having a son, <coughs> thinking through well, how do we replicate some of the good parts from my own childhood and what does that look like? Because we don't necessarily have the same uh, as many kind of close relatives living near us. And how do we, how does that go about? But I think that same emphasis of for us and for him, like wanting to create those connections and like being part of a close knit community. Uh, especially kind of a local community and kind of having people around who who um, care about him and care about us. Like I, th- I think that's yeah. really, really important for us. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's a, a, a great thing to strive for, I think. Um, and certainly replicating what you experience in Bangor and, and, and trying to build that in Nottingham is, you know, it's, a, it's something that you want for your kids, I suppose, isn't it? Um, so just sort of, Thinking again about your your current role, um, and you you've talked a little bit about it, but can you sort of add a bit more to the how you describe your journey to your to your current role? Yeah, so I think the bit I so I always enjoyed, I think partly coming from the, the graduate scheme, I always enjoyed looking at the connection between things, and I think I realised quite early on. I was probably never really cut out to be a specialist. Okay, right. Like, I wasn't a, I wasn't never enough into the detail. I was never a perfectionist enough, which I think comes across in many parts of my life, including my abilities at DIY. Like I'll, I'll give things a go and I'll, I'll build something, but I won't do it to the same degree of finish that other people do. So I, but I enjoy the technical side. Like I enjoy maths. I enjoy bits of computer science and things like that. And I think I realized quite early on that kind of what I enjoyed was the, the interconnection of kind of, well, how does technology and analytics and data, how does that work with the business strategy? And how do those two things come together? Mm. Looking at those synergies. So I think that sort of guided a lot of my career decisions of moving departments and like almost kind of going diagonally up the organizations. So I, I didn't ever, I think, go straight up. It was always about kind of looking at, well, how do I leverage the good things I've learned here and take that to another department? So by broadening my knowledge uh, and then looking at kind of, well, almost kind of then looking backwards and thinking, right, now I've moved into marketing. Well, how can I make the most of the connections, both like the relationships I had in operations, um, but also kind of, is there better abilities to kind of do a joined up process or uh, join up data or, because I think, like, I think that's kind of something I've kind of realized is that kind of quite siloed view of the world. 
does hold a lot of things back. Like if you're looking at what causes the problems in customer service, then you need to look outside of customer service to look at, well, what happens in sales journeys? What happens in marketing? How do all these things connect together? Mm. I think kind of, uh, and that's kind of always, I guess, so that kind of desire to kind of see the synergies and the interconnection between things um, has been quite an important part. And that kind of then link between business and um, business and, and technology. And I think then coming into this role where that's kind of what I do, like I look at business problems, I look at people problems, I look at uh, organizational problems and think through, well, it, it's not just a technology problem and technology solution. It's about bringing those different things together. Yes. Um, and a lot of that, because so much of you doing a podcast is about asking good questions. It's about listening to what people say. It's about not presupposing that you know the answer. I think that's one of the things I've learned is even for some people I talk to, I've done that job previously, but I just can't come in and assume, right, I know how to solve your problems. Yes. I need to listen to them, listen to how they articulate the problem. Uh, and that that's really, really important. Yeah. Well, so it's it's kind of like your your sort of perfect role in a sense then was going through the, the graduate scheme and building uh, along the way. Um, and now you're in this technology role, you're helping across multiple um, sort of uh, divisions within a business as well. So you're sort of taking all that learning from how departments work together and how sometimes the lack of appreciation for each other's uh, challenges can become a bit of an issue and that that silo mentality and now you're you're trying to take the people side of it and the technology and and wrap it all around into into one happy solution well that's that's the dream really um, <laughs> i guess is, is bringing it all together um and i think the other thing i guess which has kind of guided some of my thinking has been just what i find interesting um yes and looking at kind of uh like gaps in my own knowledge and kind of look at right well actually here's something I've never worked in before it would be great to learn about that it'd be great to learn about that technology um so definitely for the first eight years of my career I moved job every 18 months and um, I've kind of um yeah partly driven by just interest yeah. um and the other thing I guess was about wanting to have more influence and kind of um being in a role for a while and thinking, do you know what, I, I enjoyed in this role, but I want to, I want to be more responsible. I want to take responsibility for this. Um, yes. I want to kind of put my name against it and say, look, I'm, I'll drive that part. Um, and I think, yeah, I guess you can't really do that for me right at the start of your career. It's a bit harder to do, but kind of as I've kind of moved on, kind of wanting to kind of seek out yeah. opportunities where, as well as having responsibility, I guess areas where I think I could add value. Yeah. Um, so I think there's definitely areas where I think it'd be great to do it, but I don't really know what value I could bring to that role. Um, yeah. And I almost look at not just, I guess, totally random moves in my career, but areas where I think I'm going to learn something, but also I, I've got something to bring to the table. I've got something which will help others. Yes, absolutely. Um, and you've already shared what I think are some some um, great life lessons um, uh, as you've explained your life and, and, and your career so far in, in leadership. But do you do you have a, a life lesson that really sticks out to you that kind of either something that 
as you were growing up that just remains with you today or, or something else you picked up along the way? Well, I'm going to share one, actually, which um, someone shared with me recently, which kind of really helped me think through my own career, okay. um, which was someone's talking to me about kind of about values and kind of um, and obviously all of us are kind of thinking through where do I want to be in five years time and 10 years time. And what does that look like? Mm. And starting with your values of well, what what matters to you and what are those kind of things which underpin everything? Like if you got your dream job, well, why would you leave that job? What, what, what opportunity would come about which would make you want to leave or make you want to do that in combination with something else? So I think that's been really important for me is thinking through, especially recently, my values, what does that look like? Um, and that's something like one of the things I do is I do a lot of mentoring of people in their careers um, and helping them think through, I guess, well, what, what matters to you? Like if you're starting off in your career and you're, you've just graduated or you've just left school, like what matters to you? And yeah. your journey might be very different to someone else. And that's absolutely fine. You might not have yeah, yeah. mapped out the next 30 years. Like in some ways, I wish I could. I, I meet some people who have kind of mapped out the next 30, 40 years of their career. I'm never someone who has been able to do that. I've got some rough ideas, but kind of being guided more by what's important to me. What things do I want to invest in? What um, projects, what opportunities um, do I think really counts? That's my guess, which is, recently I guess has helped me crystallize uh, where do I want to focus my time and my energy yeah and, and I, like you I've seen others with that mapping their future out in front of them um, and wondered why I couldn't do that but I also think certainly when I look back now um, if I'd done that at a point in time I might have missed some things mm. that came my way and I said yes to because I didn't have a plan to do that or that. I knew that I wanted to move on. I knew that I wanted to be successful. I knew that I wanted to learn and do exciting things. But beyond that, sometimes it was just saying yes to a conversation. Um, I didn't know where it was going to go. And then all of a sudden it's gone somewhere, but that wasn't part of a plan. So um, I also think for us as non-planners, um, there's, there's, a, there's a route through that as well. Yeah, and I think like, like a lot of your previous um, people in your podcast have talked about the same thing of kind of how they've moved through their career and how they've, um, it hasn't necessarily been a straightforward. Mm. I started here and I moved straight up. It was yeah. about how they kind of, they took opportunities and <clears throat> built relationships with people. And like, I think it's just kind of great to almost kind of ratify that for yourself of kind of, you don't need to have mapped it all out. Yeah, um, yes. Being kind of open to experiences and open to kind of, what's happening is really important yeah. yeah definitely and I was having a a conversation with a mentee last week um about potential um and and being comfortable um when you're at certain levels and, and yes I've succeeded now um and I kind of w wondered whether you know your potential changes every time because you get to a certain position or role or role in the community and then you learn within that role and and then you can decide to move from there with those learnings so to, 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 I suppose to cap somebody's potential almost seems a bit odd in a way because your potential moves as you learn I think 
Yeah, absolutely. 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 And I think if you if you limit yourself too much, you don't really know what your potential mm. have been. Yeah. Um, like I remember I, I used to do a lot of um uh interview workshops and CV workshops with people who worked in call centers. Right. Okay. And helping them think through kind of where their career should go. But like listening to some of their stories of kind of people who've been where it was a maybe it was a chef for 10 years and then did something else for five years, then were a mechanic for five years. And the, the amount of experiences they have around, well, how do you deal with high pressure situations? How do you deal with ambiguity? How do you, like tons of great examples and just kind of saying, I, like, you've got so much potential. Like there's, there's numerous ways you could go in your in your career. You don't just have to think about just like the team manager role, but actually, the, yeah, the world's your oyster, I guess, and stuff yeah. you look into. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so trying to bring all, all all this stuff together then, and to paint a picture for how you're doing what you're doing uh, alongside uh, what you want to do with the community, what your family life is. How do you do that um, within your sort of daily routine? Do you have a daily routine, um, or does it just whatever's thrown at you? Well, my daily routine at the moment is I, I wake up about five o'clock in the morning. I normally try and read about 15 books. Uh, <laughs> most of them are books like Rabbit's Nap and Where is Spot. Of course. Uh, so, yeah, not, I used to be, I used to love kind of almost trying to optimize my morning routine and I'd mm-hmm. go through times of kind of, I'd go for a run and then I'll read this and it, it was great. Um, I guess I'm at a stage in my life where that's kind of not possible and to be quite flexible with kind of, um, how I do that I think for me a lot of it is uh I guess some of it's fairly basic like I know I need to get out of the house it's yeah. easy um to work working from home a lot of the time to not go outside yes yeah going outside and for me some of that is getting my hands dirty like actually going out into the garden and doing things practically okay. is such a good thing to do because otherwise it it can be everything's quite conceptual like thinking through things and writing words and, and, and that, which is great, but it's quite nice to go outside sometimes and just mm. build something with my hands, something physical, something tangible. And I think that's been a really good way of keeping me, keeping me grounded. Um, it's literally probably with gardening. Um, <laughs> so I think that that's kind of one of the things for me, which has been, especially the last two years has been really helpful. It's just kind of taking that time to, to go outside and I think the other guest routine for me has been uh almost just kind of um like reading for me um but I need to put um almost I love reading but I will I could easily go through three months and not read very much so what I've done the last few years at the start of every year in December I write down the list of books I want to read the next year and I plan it in advance like here's the 15 or 20 books I want to read yeah I almost kind of measure myself against that and what it's really helped me do is get over those little slumps of I read a book it wasn't that great and I have a two months off reading and it's kind of just helped me kind of just get that slump down from two months to two days and even if I only managed to get read a page um that's again for me it's just it's one of the ways I rest and recharge but also one of the ways I kind of learn myself and kind of um, pick up on other people's great ideas is by reading so that's yeah. been something which has really helped me. Yes. And, it, and the way you describe it, um, that the word that hits me in the face is discipline. 
Um, and what I mean by that, I think, is that you are disciplined enough to, to do something every day um, because you were targeting yourself on, on doing something and, and being able to say, well, one page every day is still better than leaving it two months and not experiencing that everyday thing. And I suppose the, the link is, um, you know, doing a small amount of something is better than doing nothing for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I've done the same thing of running before, but what inevitably happens to me with running is I get really into it, love it, and then I injure myself. So I go through just constant cycles of getting into it, trying to do it each day, injuring myself, yeah. slowly building up, injuring myself. Um, but yeah, I, I'd love to be more disciplined and have a um, better. Uh, so I'm always interested, I guess, in other people's routines and what works for them and what's worked for them at different stages of their life and how they've, as work changes and as family life changes and all those things, kind of what things um, have helped people. Yes, definitely. Um, and just, just sort of moving on then to a bit more of a heavier topic, I suppose. So, you know, we, we talk so much um, about understanding bias. Um, do you think, do you think that'll be removed or do you think it's just part of who we are as, as humans and it's, and it's not to be seen as a positive or a negative thing. It's just, it's just part of who we are. Um, I think it will always be there. And I, I think there's, um, I think everyone kind of learns more as they, I guess maybe as you get older, but kind of what biases there, what biases maybe came from your, your background and your childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, then you you do your best to kind of uncover them and then we'll think of what do you do with those? Um, and I think you've talked about it before, about kind of like asking questions, not assuming you just kind of know, right, I'm, I'm clued up with this debate, therefore I, I know how I'm biased, but actually asking the questions. Yeah. Um, so I think it's something we, um, all of us kind of live with. I think when I was thinking about this topic, it was almost in that back of kind of good habits and discipline. Like it's something which, I think you can never forget about like you, you have to kind of constantly kind of keep it in mind of how what biases do you have how are you approaching things and yeah. as soon as you kind of forget about that and think i've ticked that box i've done it it'll, it'll sneak back in again um so i think yeah just kind of that constant questioning i think something which i've got involved with in work which has been really beneficial is um people of different faiths talking together Okay. And how do you uh, celebrate, I guess, different people's kind of backgrounds and what they bring to the table, but how do you kind of be transparent and authentic and how do you ask questions? How do you appreciate? And it's just been a great lesson for me in kind of, yeah, asking good questions and talking to people and like, what does it mean for them going through this experience? And not just assuming, well, you're, you're in this box, therefore I can make assumptions. You can't do that you need to ask ask yeah. the questions yes yeah no that absolutely and it, it reminds me of uh, a number of years ago i was i was uh, reading uh, a management book it was i was uh, a new manager and therefore of course i thought i needed to read these management books but one of the the first books i, I read was the seven habits by stephen mm. Covey. um and there's there, there's a few things that always I'm reminded of in that book and one of the things he says is 
to be understood, you must first understand. Hmm. And I think what you're what you're saying there is is you know we're all we're all part of something, but we shouldn't stop talking and shouldn't stop trying to understand each other. And and hopefully in that conversation, we all learn something and we open open ourselves up for that conversation rather than seeing just different sides of, of, of something. Yeah, I think both of us, I guess, have been involved before. Um, I think we've spoken at conferences together about kind of vulnerable customers. Yeah, yeah. Vulnerable situations. And yeah, how do you yeah, encounter that with with empathy and with not just kind of pigeonholing everyone well you're a vulnerable customer therefore this is what's going to happen to you but yes um yeah and it's 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 really challenging it's hard to do as kind of not just as an individual but as a a company how to all companies think about topics like that mm. uh, but really important i'm sure you've got ideas of kind of things that you've seen work well and practices that have um worked well in organizations you've been part of mm. yeah absolutely um and just just finally Stephen, bringing bringing everything together um do you you said you're not a planner but do you know where next for you or is that depending on the next conversation you say yes to <laughs> good question uh, i think it depends on i um like I, I love working at salesforce it's a great place to work it's a great place to learn uh, so at the moment i i love what i kind of do and i'm really enjoying just uh getting to grips with big questions which companies go through like one of the things i'm really interested in kind of going forward is well how do those different companies work together because the whole energy transition it's not just how individual companies work but it's actually and if i take the topic of electric vehicles for example it's well Mm. how does the energy company work with the the national grid and the network operators and how does that connect up to car companies and all of the, how does that, all that evolve together? Those are just fascinating problems to kind of think about and help companies think about. So, yeah, I, I think I kind of I'm, I'm happy with what I do at the moment. Um, but yeah, I I love doing things like this, I guess, and kind of talking to different people and talking about um, different options. And I think kind of being guided by my values and kind of looking at kind of well based on my experiences, where can I add the most value? Yeah. Um, and I guess the other thing with that is kind of balancing that with family life and like, hopefully we, me and my wife will have more children in the future and like thinking through, well, how does all of that kind of come together? Um, and I guess some of your previous guests have kind of talked about that and kind of the work they do kind of mentoring people with young yeah. with, um, with children. And yeah, I think that's just a, an evolving piece, I guess, of kind of part of the puzzle of kind of having, yeah, children and kind of. You can only plan so much around. Uh, yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and do you, because um, you've spoken quite a bit about community, do you do you see yourself in a community leadership position at some point in the future as well? Is that something you've considered or thought of? Um, yeah, like I think I, yes, as, as part of church stuff, I do a reasonable amount of things in, in the community, uh, which like it's I think it's great being part of it, doing things locally. Like I think it's one, one of the things I've really um, valued, especially being at Salesforce, where it's kind of it's spread around the world and actually doing things locally of the people who live in the streets near me has been massively valuable and kind of thinking through, well, how do I really kind of um, get to grips with my area and kind of how I can help that? So, yeah, I, I don't know necessarily if I've got the right skills or the right ambition 
um to to do um wider things like that but i think if there's areas i thought i've got something to add and i can add value to it um then i would i would definitely consider have you have you got involved in like local community things um no i i i um i became a trustee of a of a charity um uh from my the the, the town i grew up in 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 Bridgen, south wales uh, a little while back so I suppose I've, that that's kind of the extent um, that, that I sort of got involved with 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 that company. It was and it was very much about mentoring um, local young people um, and giving them sort of life skills. And they had kind of like a a youth club that they were they were sort of putting together as well. And they do some amazing work there. And that 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 in itself kind of um, creates a different uh, set of skills. For you, for you personally, working in in you know what they sort of call as the third sector, but um, I suppose beyond anything else, just gives you that warmth, that sort of really good feeling for doing something um, that uh, there's not been a there's not been a salary exchange on it either. Um, so um, so yeah, that that that's certainly something I, I I enjoyed. Yeah, yeah, I think it's I think it's it's awesome. It's been married to a doctor. Like it's been that's super helpful for my own career and I'm thinking through like her being every day kind of encountering people and kind of like the the darkest parts of their lives and, and all those kind of things. And it's a real good balance for me of kind of thinking like what's important. Yeah. And obviously being part of it being a doctor is being involved in your local community. Um and I, I was recently up in Scotland in Glasgow and kind of talking to people about um who are very passionate about their own town and like it was just so inspirational hearing people talk about kind of they, they know the place well and they've got a, a vision for it and they're working with in partnership with loads of different hmm. charities and the government about kind of how and like, I, I'm in awe of people who who have that sort of vision and, and drive and bring people together hmm. uh, yeah I think it's just amazing and, and that and that's that that in itself that's leadership full stop isn't it you know so you can you can talk about job titles you can talk about salaries and and whatnot but you know those people that are out there building communities improving communities and and doing something uh whether they're getting their hands dirty on building allotments or, or developing yeah. you know children's children's parks that that to me is is absolute leadership for sure yeah absolutely absolutely Cool. So, Stephen, we've reached the end of the podcast, mate. We've got to the end of it. We've got through our questions. We've had a really good conversation. I've been super grateful for your honesty, your sharing of, of your life uh, to date, which has certainly helped me understand you a lot more. I know our listeners will will have would have taken a lot from it. There'll be lots of people that will be at a similar journey to you and thinking, "Oh, okay, should I do this? Should I do that?" And you certainly advocated for you know graduate and similar schemes of working around a business and what that you get to learn from that um clearly there's a strong hand in in your uh, how you grew up and the community feel of that and you're now exercising that within within your, your your own way within a larger metropolitan sort of city and and that obviously is a bit more difficult but still absolutely achievable so there's loads of stuff that i think people will take from this 
Um, and I want to want to thank you for for sharing that with us today. Well, thanks for giving me the opportunity, and I've loved it. Cool. Thank you, Stephen. So, as always, thank you for choosing to listen to What the Future. If you've enjoyed this episode, then please hit the subscribe and tell others uh, about us. Uh, and finally, we, we've talked about mentoring quite a bit today, but it's it's a huge part of what we are and what we do at Future Leaders, and it's a valuable step on the leadership journey, and we're here to help with that. Um, so if you feel the same way and you want to get involved, then please tap the Join Us button on our webpage, which is www.futureleadersmentoring.com and follow us on LinkedIn and jump in on our discussions as we have them on LinkedIn. But for now, uh, goodbye and we will speak again soon.